The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all it is the nfc east mixtape live and in live in color it is thursday november 2nd 2023 7 32 p.m central standard time on the dot we are two minutes late because my co-host was talking and yammering about this that and the other uh this is a very special show um i don't think it's you know hyperbolic to say it's one of the most unique shows that SB Nation offers. You can listen to the show or if you get your NFC East blog podcast networks across the SB Nation universe. You can also watch it on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blog and the boys YouTube channel. On Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys will visit the Philadelphia Eagles, which is why we are here. He is Brandon Lee Gotten of Bleeding Green Nation. I am Marjo Cho of blog and the boys. BLG, happy Thursday night. It's only fitting that there are two NFC East mixtape episodes in a week where there's such a Big game to talk about, and also it doesn't really feel right talking about the entire thing on a Tuesday when we haven't even seen the injury report or anything at that time. Yeah, um, we did this last year for the first time, um, and much like has been discussed throughout the course of this week, we didn't really have a lot of juice to either Cowboys-Eagles matchups last year because Dak Prescott missed the first one, Jalen Hurts missed the second one. Um, So there was kind of a a weird intensity, but not really half in, half out, hokey pokey dance. So this is the first one, and you're right. We, you know, normally on the mixtape, we kind of reflect on the week that happened, which we had to do in general. Plus, we had all of the trades from the deadline. Plus, it was Halloween. Uh, plus this, that, and whatever, which is why we're here uh, tonight. Uh, while the Pittsburgh Steelers have a seven nothing lead on the Tennessee Titans on Thursday mm. night football, who did you pick in this game? I picked the Steelers to win and cover that one. Um, I'm not even watching that game, though. I have the Sixers-Raptors game on. So, Oh, that sucks you for you. Um, okay, so let's get to our comments. That's part of the fun of this being a live show. We're streaming this on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel because, being frank, it has more subscribers than the Bleeding Green Nation one. So people go subscribe to the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel so that we can do this on that network. Yeah, I'm sure your Cowboys fans will do that. Uh, well, I mean, you know, create a burner account so it doesn't affect your algorithm. Or if you're an Eagles fan that, you yeah. know, out of loyalty to BLG, forever may he reign. If you came over here, go subscribe to the Leading Your Nation YouTube channel and right. gather more people to do it so that we, you know, can kind of figure this out. Uh, the Lunar Cowboy says, last year we were robbed of Dak versus Jalen. Uh, Kevin reminds me that the Rangers are world champs. That was a bummer. Um, whatever. Anyway, uh, Ryan, Brian, uh, Brian, Brandon says, thanks for bringing us the extra mix this week. Brian says that he likes your starter jacket. And Matthew says, yeah, we appreciate the extra pod. By the way, the Lunar Cowboy 
says uh jk we all all love bg uh, <laughs> caleb says go birds so we at least have wow. that um we have some special friends that are going to be um joining us tonight um our you know we would be disingenuous brandon if we pretended like we were the first podcast that did this that you know took a cowboys guy and an eagles guy and talked about the nfc east we may call it the nfc east mixtape and we may have coined the term nfc beast but we are not the first duo to do a show like this yeah but we're the first one to do all four and then invent the name nfc beast <laughs> like you said <clears throat> that's true um aiden powers and kevin messina from the birds versus boys podcast will stop by in about 10 minutes uh we'll kind of chop things up with them uh our great friend rob stats guerrera who's kind of an impartial person uh will stop by because generally speaking the crowd those of you who watch and listen to this show love stats we love stats uh, so he'll come in and i imagine brandon the votes between the four of us are going to be pretty tied in terms of who we think is going to win this game on sunday um you know hey uh by the way uh Shire, I hope I'm getting that correct, says the Eagles guy is extremely annoying. So already on brand, Brandon. However, David <laughs> uh, says that RJ is my favorite Eagles fan. So we are each being I think you're more annoying than I am. I don't think that's true. Um, yeah, I think I'll, it's true. I don't hear that I'm annoying from people other than um, from Eagles fans. <laughs> so that's the only group of people who uh, call me annoying. Uh, I like Brian's point says pay the like tax. If you want to like the video, go ahead. Mm. If you don't want to contaminate your algorithm with the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel, please, if you're a Cowboys fan, go to the Bleeding Green Nation podcast network and leave a rating. Uh, yeah. Five star rating, write a review. That helps them out greatly. Um, anything you can do to promote them. We are all a family. We may hate each other, uh, but we all technically work for the same team. By the way, uh, shout out to Mr. Gowton, says E-A-G-L-E-S, <laughs> Eagles, uh, my great friend, Thanks, uh, Mr. Gowton. So, uh, Brandon, let's get to our first kind of talking point, and we'll wait, unless you have any other, you know, jib-jabbering you want to do. Uh, shout out to my mom, also watching, I'm sure, of with course. my dad. So I just wanted to give my parents a shout out. But uh, no, let's get into it. It's a huge matchup. Uh, we have five kind of talking points that will frame the discussion around tonight. Of course, we can go in any number of directions. But number one, what are you most confident will go right for your team? We certainly would love to hear from people in the comment section. Uh, by the way, we will be podcasting this show as well. So if you're listening, you're not part of the live crowd. So that's your fault. Uh, but Brandon, I will give you the floor. Uh, what are you most confident will go right for the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon? A.J. Brown. NFC Offensive Player of the Month, A.J. Brown. Uh, yes, he had... Was it four seven hundred yards in the month and five touchdowns? Forty catches, seven hundred yards, five touchdowns in the month of October. It's pretty insane. I actually came across a statistic today that I thought was interesting as it relates to the Eagles Cowboys matchup. AJ Brown has gained four hundred and thirty-two yards against man coverage this season, which is one hundred and fifty-eight more than the next closest receiver. AJ Brown will face a Cowboys defense on Sunday that has played main coverage at the second highest rate this season. So, uh, ipso facto, A.J. Brown will have a big game against the Cowboys because he's unstoppable right now, and also he seems to be able to especially exploit their style of defense. Uh, I think this is a good one and very fair. Uh, it's a bummer for me because my take on A.J. Brown, my takes really have done nothing except age. Yeah, why don't you remind everyone? Um. It is a live show, and so in the spirit of having a good time, I will. Um, I made the case that the Eagles lost, or was it? I think it was that the Titans won the AJ Brown trade. That was how I phrased it. Um, I have since apologized for that. I wrote a letter, um, and even still, at the beginning of the season, and it was looking okay for the first couple of weeks. 
Um, I argue that this would kind of be the Devontae Smith breakout year, that maybe we would see a regression from AJ statistically. And then he um, he went Super Saiyan and continues to go Super Saiyan. Uh, Conan, our great friend, says AJ Brown is going for 150. Um, yeah. I really... I don't, I mean, I don't know. As uh, John Wick makes me sweaty notes, Dallas has yet to give up over 100 yards to any one wide receiver or running back. That is not notable. Um, but if anyone can break this streak, I, like, the way I feel about that is if anyone can break the streak, it's A.J. Brown. Do you feel like if anyone can break A.J.'s streak, it is the Cowboys? I don't think anyone can stop him right now. Like, I just, I don't. I mean, I've seen, again, I, I go back to the Commanders game where they literally had perfect coverage on him and multiple reps, mostly those touchdowns there. And he just out, out muscles them, out jumps them, out be, like beats them anyway. He's like doubled up. Coverage is perfect. He can still beat them. Like it's just I don't really know what you do. I mean, maybe there's a case to be made. The Cowboys devote so many resources to him that it'll be like Devonte Smith who has a huge game because they just really try to shut down AJ Brown at all costs. And I'm not saying just because AJ Brown has a big game means like they definitely win. I think it's possible he gets his either way in a win or a loss. Uh, but no, I, I don't think anyone. Except, um, I mean, the the way you're slowing down AJ Brown is if you're like, you know, getting such a good pass rush on Jalen Hurts that he literally cannot get the ball to AJ Brown. But I don't think you're just like locking up AJ Brown one on one with any defender right now. I think that's fair. AJ last year in the game in Philly, uh, where Jalen was his quarterback, had five receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Kind of a weird game though. Uh, the final score was 26-17, but you know, didn't require. Uh, massive statistical effort. Uh, then on Christmas Eve with Gardner Minshew had six catches for 103 yards. If I recall, had the kind of big one at the very beginning of that game where it looked like, you know, it was going to be a very long day. And it, there were a lot of points scored, obviously, but that was kind of a big Devonte game as well. Had had more like more fantasy production, at least. AJ also kind of got like a little bit banged up in that one, like not enough where he missed time afterwards, but you could see he got like, he got up weird. I think he, that, that turf, the turf monster got him a little bit and he looked like a little not totally right in that game and yet still had a, a huge performance. I think that, you know, the like ism that is said a lot is always like the Bill Belichick. Oh man, we're just going to focus on your best weapon and we're going to take it away and we're going to make somebody else beat us. I do wonder if it's maybe more worth it not just from like a sanity standpoint, but from a practicality one for Dan Quinn to say, let AJ go off. Like, you know, not like right. in the sense of like, let AJ score a billion touchdowns, but like, no, we, yeah. like th this is, this is a fool's errand to try to, right. you know, slow down AJ Brown, especially without Trayvon Diggs. Let's, let's not, you know, overwhelm ourselves with what we're trying to do from an external standpoint. So um, I, I think that's fair. Do you want to hear my answer? No, let's go on to the next question. No, I'm kidding. Of course. Yeah. What are you most confident about. Um, by the way, Aiden is in our lobby. We're waiting on Kevin to get here. So um, we'll get to our second topic with them. They're waiting very patiently. But what I am most confident will go right for the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm glad that Aiden will be able to hear this. And I'm sad that Kevin won't is Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak Prescott is playing at an elite level right now. Uh, played at an extremely elite level last year on Christmas Eve, the lone time that he played the Eagles. Obviously, last season, he didn't play in that first game, as everybody well knows. Dak Prescott, as a reminder, on Christmas Eve, 27 of 35, 347 yards, three touchdowns, and the, uh, the interception, excuse me, at the very beginning off the tip ball that was horrible, um, but managed to overcome it, obviously. Dak was incredible on Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams. And while the same statistical production wasn't there a few weeks back against the Chargers on Monday Night Football, he was the will of the offense. I mean, he is what kept them alive. I know that you, um, you caught some heat for bagging on him for the missed throw to Tony Pollard uh, in that particular game. 
But that was kind of his lone misstep and has been his lone misstep over the last two weeks. I know he had the interception against the Rams. Um, fine, whatever. I mean, it was tip ball. We could sit here and debate that, blah, blah, blah. But he does own the Eagles. Whether or not you or any other Eagles fan want to admit that, he has had a lot of success against this particular team, against this cast of talent. So I'm very confident that Dak Prescott's going to show up. It's really uh... – I don't have a great feel for what the Eagles defense is going to do this weekend because I just watched them shut down Tua and the Dolphins offense like no other team has this year, only to then the next week get torched by Sam Howell. So I really I don't really have a great expectation if this I could see it either way. Um, do you think it's fair to say that Dak Prescott owns the Eagles seven and three against him? Well, I mean, that's not really like the most fully accurate record because there I are mean, games in there where there's like there's two games where he started against eagles back i'll say he this started against there there was there have been two games of consequence that dak has lost to the eagles that's that mm-hmm. i think that that's fair there was the 2019 game in philly um that carson Wentz played hurt in and we've talked about a billion times dak played very poorly in that game that's completely fair to say and there was the 2017 game at AT&T Stadium that I've mentioned many times was at the time the worst loss in AT&T Stadium's history. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, any game of because we, we've talked about this many times, like the end of regular season games and blah, blah, blah. I mean, any game of consequence, Dak has not only won, but shown up in high capacity. And who was the quarterback for all for or who was the quarterback for most of those games? It was Carson Wentz. Is Dak who was the quarterback for is, one is of those the, games? Was Carson Wentz guarding Amari Cooper? Like, I mean, why is this significant? Well, I'm just saying it's a different equation when you have a quarterback on the other side that is gone. If you want to play that game, though, the lone time that they played Jalen Hurts, they destroyed them. I mean, that is true, and that's also a very different version of Jalen Hurts. I think the goalpost moving on that fairly has been really today. funny all week. Like, oh well, we don't want to count that one because we don't. No, it's it not counts. But like, do you think that's honestly? Do you think that same Jalen Hurts was the same guy who played in the Super Bowl this past year? Like, that's not the same player. Is the Jalen Hurts who played in the Super Bowl the Jalen Hurts who's playing for the Eagles right now? Because I would argue that that's yeah, the I think case. he is. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying every game is like that, but I'm saying he's he's that he's that mold of a player. He's certainly much closer to that than he was. I think it's silly to say he's the Super Bowl version of himself, but not the 2021 Week 3 version that lost to the Cowboys. That does feel like... I'm not saying he's giving you the Super Bowl version every week, but I'm saying like who he is now as a player, he certainly reached a different height than where he was at that point early in that season. Um, Conan says, worried about CD. CD Lamb Absolutely. is coming off of a two-game stretch. you didn't pick that, because I would have picked that for you. I don't know about that. I mean, CD's cooking with gas right now, but we'll see if it, it winds up holding. Um, Kevin, by the way, says that you're moving the goalpost so much. It must be the reason Brett Maher stopped being able to make extra points. I, you know, we don't have to take any what strays is, at Brett Maher. What goalpost am I moving? Uh, well, he added um, a little earlier, said, Brandon, I don't want to count all the games because it makes me feel better. That is the mentality you have when a quarterback owns you. So um, That's really we'll not true. I'm just saying when you're going up against Gardner Minshew in week 18 and the Eagles aren't even playing their starters, that's like that's a weak win to give. But now we're picking that situation. game when we're like we're isolating the games that we want to in particular moments. But okay. well, saying, that's not why. How is that not like that's not like picking and choosing? It's extremely relevant. You should also take out the game where, um, you know, he he lost to the Eagles in week 17 and twenty. That's why I said where... every game of consequence he has won, except for 2017 at AT&T Stadium and 2019 in Philly. Uh, Matthew, by the way, notes that in 2021, Nick Sirianni tried to get into a shootout with Dallas when we should have been a running team, too. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I mean, even if they tried to do that still, I think that team was not properly equipped. I mean, they didn't have um, the talent. They're, they're, they have A.J. Brown now. They did not have A.J. Brown then. That's a big difference. They had Devontae Smith in his like, third game ever. Let's, um, Jalen Rager was starting for them. Like We don't need to talk difference. about Jalen Rager. There's no, need to bring, there's no need to bring up Jalen Rager's name ever. Uh, let's bring in our very special guests, Aiden Powers and Kevin Messina from the Birds versus Boys podcast. We completely and totally ripped off their idea for a podcast <laughs> and do it every single Wednesday. Uh, KMS, Aiden, thank you so much for joining us. Um, sorry about the Phillies because that is a team that you two share in common. Sorry about the Astros. I don't yeah. think you are. I don't, I don't believe that either of you are sorry. <laughs> Do you think that the league is sorry that they could have had a rematch between two big media markets and instead ended up with D-backs Rangers and nobody watching? I feel like we can at least take solace in that. Yeah, I think so. I've told Brandon this. I don't know who I would have rooted for, but if the Phillies had won, Um, I think the MLB would have been happy, but I I would have been very torn like individually. It would have been a very complicated, you know, emotional Mm -hmm. ride for me, but um Thankfully, Aiden said to me today, can you imagine if the Phillies had won the World Series last night and then the city of Philadelphia would have a World Series parade on Friday leading in to oh Cowboys Eagles? I don't think the city survives. the. And it's, it's good weather. It's 60 plus degree weather in November. Mm. You cannot beat it. It would probably be an apocalypse. Um, well, this isn't a Phillies podcast. If anybody wants to listen to one, uh, they can check out Hidden Season uh, with John Stolness. Uh, John does a great job at BGN Radio as well. But everyone should also check out the Birds versus Boys podcast. Uh, KMS, when you first saw the NFC's mixtape, were you offended? Did you feel like we did rip you off? Uh, I, offended? No, because I was happy it was you guys that were doing it. But at the same time, we were like, wait, is that? That's kind of like us a little bit. Um, I flattered, maybe, I guess. Um, Aiden, uh, a year ago, you two were kind enough to have us on, and Brandon had one of the most amazing takes that I've ever heard. Um, he said that it brought him more joy when the Cowboys lost than when the Eagles won. Do you share that sentiment? Because KMS and I had laughed at that. And so, you know, I'm just curious if, if I don't if think those are the shares. exact words that I said. I have two witnesses oh, that are on the stand that I think will say those were the exact words. But the exact, the you're quoting that verbatim. If only we had a producer that could go back and find it. We'll find it. We will document it. I do not share that. I think uh, I'm I'm above you guys. Like, you got to make an NFC championship for me to care about you guys at this point. My focus is 7-1, get to 8-1, get the one seat again, and get back to the Super Bowl. Well, I want to stop down that. I care about you losing, but that's about it. Yeah. I mean, my point is it's more enjoyable of an experience because, like, when the Eagles win, it's great. But when they lose, it's horrible. And it's like when you watch the Cowboys play and it's like if they lose, that's great. And if they win, it's like, ah, okay, well, that's that's annoying, but it's not the end of the world. When they just lose, it's the end of the world. So there's a difference. So it's more it's more, you know, what what it's like to lose. So you enjoy the fact that we are going through that pain. That is that more the enjoyment? I guess that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like because, you know, when again, when your team loses, I was thinking about this today and like the idea of your team going 14 and three sounds amazing, right? Like that sounds like a great thing, but you feel every single one of those losses and feel like, like they're not easier just because you're 14 and three. It's just the same thing as being like three and 14 in terms of just like that terrible pain you have to sit with after a loss. But anyway, I don't need to. uh go beyond this it sounds like you doubled down on the take that you said that you didn't have but again you know neither here nor there um aiden let's start with you our second bullet point of the night we've been kind of going through general sort of topics and questions um we talked about what are you were you most confident would go right for your team brandon said asia brown for the eagles i said Dak prescott for the cowboys but we'd like to hear we would like to hear from each of you on this question what are you most worried will go wrong for your team so aiden on behalf of the philadelphia eagles what is the achilles heel 
situational awareness using Kenneth Gainwell as a red zone back and having two <laughs> fumbles within the five yard line last week. You can get away with that against the commanders and they still scored 38, but this is a Cowboys team who's been feasting on teams and blowing some teams out this year by forcing turnovers. Kevin brought it up today. Deron Bland has the same amount of touchdowns as CeeDee Lamb this year. And that's not a knock on CeeDee Lamb. That's just how incredible the Deron Bland stat is that he has three touchdowns. So to me, situational awareness and putting yourself in bad situations that could get a Cowboys team back into the game. That is what I'm worried about the most. Brandon, is that fair? I don't agree with I, that. I, by the I way, I feel really bad for Kenneth Gainwell. I feel like he has become like Why? a subject of vitriol. For, well, because like y'all hate him now. Like he's the new Jonathan Gannon. Like there has to be a poster boy for everyone's hatred. Uh, to be fair, I do not hate him. I think he has a role. Good pass catcher. Good change of pace guy. Yeah. Probably like don't use him as the red zone back when you have right. DeAndre Swift running people over. Boston Scott's been effective. You know, maybe throw it to AJ Brown. I don't know. He's like the sixth best option down there. That's yeah, my whole. It's thing. just it's incredibly frustrating how they're using him. It's like I think he has something like four out of seventeen plays have been in the red zone for Kenny Gainwell or positive EPA, whereas like uh, thirteen out of eighteen or whatever it is for like DeAndre Swift, it's just like you guys so much clearly better in these key situations. In any case, uh, the biggest thing I guess that's been worrying me in this matchup is specifically the Eagles' weakness in the slot. Um, they have lost Devontae Maddox for the season week two. After that, they tried moving Drayton Bradbury into the slot. Um, they signed Bradley Roby, who's likely going to miss this game he hasn't been able to practice this week so they're kind of just trying to piece it together there they had Sidney Brown playing there last week he's never really done that he's a rookie safety um Eli Ricks an undrafted rookie free agent he's been playing snaps there in a rotation so uh the fact that the Cowboys can put CD in the slot and have him go up against I don't even know who honestly he's gonna be playing there right now that worries me mm, okay uh I agree with that. uh on the Dallas side of things what are you most worried about for what it's worth um Let's see, where was it here? Uh, I've lost it. Here we go. John Wick makes me sweaty. Uh, suggested the Cowboys tackle situation. Obviously, Tyron Smith hasn't practiced yet this week and missed last week's game against the Rams. Yeah, that, that's a big fear. Obviously, the uh, the Tyron Smith, what's going to happen at left tackle, even the interior going against uh, Jalen Carter. But my, I'm going to say two words here, Devontae Smith. Um, we know A.J. Brown is on a tear right now, right? Six straight games of 125 yards. Per game, I told Aiden that uh, Dan Quinn should just have the the number one twenty four up on the board this week. Just keep him under one twenty five. He's going to get his <laughs> right. We're going to bracket him. But what is this team on defense going to do against Devontae Smith? Is it not going to be Jordan Lewis? Um, are they going to kick Deron Bland in there? I love Deron Bland, but we kind of saw what Keenan Allen did with those double moves. I don't want to see Devontae Smith doing that against them. So what they're going to do against Devontae Smith, because like I said, AJ Brown's going to eat, he's going to get his, but Devontae Smith can kill you with two catches down the field for a combined 98 yards and two touchdowns. And that terrifies me. I think that's fair. Um, I, and that's what we were kind of talking about. I, I do worry that there will be almost too much focus on AJ Brown and it will be this matter of like, Hey, okay. 124, like that's a win. It's like, well, that's not a win. If, if Devontae Smith has two catches for 98 yards to your point uh, and Devontae almost killed the Cowboys last year on Christmas Eve. And you can, that's, that's the problem with the Eagles is there are so many weapons, uh, Kenneth Gainwell among them uh, that you have to, you know, consider <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously taken into the, the equation of it all. Um, I think that that's really fair, uh, Kevin. But if I'm being completely honest, and this 
isn't mm -hmm. necessarily just a worry for this game, um, but kind of for the future of the Cowboys, not even across the rest of the season. Uh, but it was the, what the Lunar Cowboy has said here, uh, said almost worried about them running right at Micah like last year. They took him out of the game. Micah Parsons is an incredibly special yep. player, uh, but Philly and Jonathan Gannon, again, wrote the book on how to vanquish him. And Jonathan Gannon did it again uh, when the Cowboys visited the Cardinals. And I love Micah Parsons, and Micah loves Wait, to talk, and Micah backs up Gannon his talk. Why did Jonathan Gannon know it the first time? He's the Eagles defensive, defensive coordinator. coordinator. I know. That's I, that's what I'm saying. Like, So the Eagles I, defensive I said that, coordinator like, took Micah Parsons out of the game when the Cowboys played the Eagles? I, well, I'm saying uh, Jonathan Gannon understood the book. I, 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 I misspoke when I said he wrote the book, okay. but he took the book very well, obviously. And yeah. so, like, yeah. it was an exposing of Micah Parsons last year in Philadelphia that Jonathan Gannon seemed to be the only person to learn from, was, I guess, my, the point I was making. Gotcha. And it is troubling that that, that, that exists. And I, I mean, you can, I think the Cowboys were so committed to Micah just like being this like monster last year in Philly and it just didn't work. And the person that can kill you the most in that is not, you know, whether it's Shane Steichen or Brian Johnson or whoever, or Jonathan Ginn, it's Jalen Hurts. I mean, if Jalen Hurts is floating outside of the pocket, like that's what really worries me. Devontae Smith or AJ Brown be damned. Like AJ, or excuse me, Jalen Hurts on the move is probably my worst nightmare for the Cowboys because Micah Parsons can't affect that. He can't win that foot race. I don't know if that makes you feel better, Brandon. Well, we don't know if Jalen Hurts will be able to be on the move yeah. because he's not really moving around so well right yeah, now. So. <laughs> I think he can do it more than not at all. It's like because there was a conversion last week. It was like third and seven early in the game where Jalen Hurts was able to get out of the pocket and run for the first down. I think he can, you know, move if he has to. But I don't think they want to do it all game long uh, unless there's somehow been a ton of progress from this past week to this week. But yeah, I, I think that's a huge element going into this game is that the Eagles might not have like their full run game in full force because of Hertz's limited mobility. Hmm. That third okay. and seven was crazy too, because he looked slow and still converted. Yes. it. So I have no idea yep. in my mind if he can beat Michael Parsons to the edge based on that play and based on how last week went. But I think it's definitely a point of concern. Like if you're in Philadelphia right now, I don't think we're like overly confident in him using his legs to extend plays right now. What's the general Which means he'll find a way to run for 75. Right. <laughs> um, Brandon has talked about this a lot. And what's your general confidence in Hertz right now? With 10 being like, I trust him with my life and my house. And one being like Donovan McNabb today. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> where are you at? Uh, like a probably like a 9.2. I huh? think there's been some turnover issues, but all in all. So like a little I, bit higher than Kevin Cobb. Well, yeah, just a slightly higher than Kevin Cobb and just like a, a notch above the Mark Sanchez era back in like 2013. So that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm pretty confident just in him and just I don't think anything really phases him mentality wise. I really I'll go to battle with him any day. And I think the weapons around him, I trust them, too. So I, I'm worried about the knee situation because it's not just the running. It's the extending of the plays that he does. And he was able to do it in the Dolphins game, that one fourth mm -hmm. down where he kind of avoided the sack from Bradley Chubb, got to the outside, threw the ball downfield. That's a huge aspect, too. So that worries me in terms of health. But in terms of like Jalen Hurts overall, I'm really, really confident in him as a quarterback. Kevin, you can tell me if you agree or disagree. But with regards to the three games that Dallas has played against Hurts since the beginning of last year, I mean, like going into this game, this is probably the least afraid of him that I've been. And I don't say that in any kind of disrespectful way. And it isn't the, just the injury. It's the the turnovers. Like th this is a we're not like, oh, three games in and he's turned the ball over six times. Like we're what, eight games in for the Eagles and he's got 11 turnovers. I mean, that. I mean, it feels like Dak last year, which is why it's funny and it's hilarious and the jokes kind of write themselves. But again, 
I'm not saying that like I'm not afraid of Jalen Hurts at all, but I was much more afraid of him entering the game in Philadelphia last year. And I, I mentioned this on Birds vs. Boys this week too. And Aiden, make sure I say it the right way because I know it confused your little brain today. Um, Jalen Hurts has the 11th most turnover-worthy plays in the NFL this year, and Dak Prescott is 27th. Aiden, that means he has a lot less than Jalen Hurts has. So I would, I would kind of agree with you on that. Um, you know, the tush push still scares me. His ability to move still scares me. His ability to just find ways to win and make plays when when he needs to still scares me but I would agree the combination of his turnover issues and the way the Dallas defense turns the ball over is very advantageous to me which I am excited about but then that could make me fall on my face at the same time <laughs> yeah I agree with that so I play right here. um let's go Brandon back to your point about obsessing over the Cowboys more than the Eagles um our third point here of discussion is to define how big of a game this is for your team. Um, the Eagles obviously have the NFL's best record, so you can argue just by nature it would be less meaningful for the Cowboys, although it's a home game, so you want to take care of those. Like You can take this any direction you want. BLG, the floor is yours. I mean, it's huge in terms of the Eagles win this game. They're 8-1 and one entering the bye, feeling good about themselves. They have a multiple-game cushion over the Cowboys at 5-3 and three at that point. Um, you're feeling pretty good. Even though you know you have a really tough stretch coming up ahead here with the Chiefs after the bye and the Bills and the 49ers and the Seahawks and then the Cowboys again down in Dallas. Uh, but to get at least one win over the Cowboys is really big for them. It still keeps them a lot, very much alive and not, if not favored for the one seed. The Lions are going to make a run at that because uh, they have a really easy schedule and assuming they don't fall apart. Um, they're going to be in that conversation. So it's really big from the standpoint of not just the division, but also potentially getting the one seed again. Aiden. I think it's an enormous game. We could sit here and do the spiel about how this is because it's heated rivals and two fan bases that hate each other. But in reality, it's huge for the Eagles because in May, if you would have seen this schedule and the gauntlet they have in the middle and told the fan base, you could be eight and one going into your bye with a two-and-a-half game lead in the division, with a win over the Cowboys going into the bye, everybody would have signed up for this. So if you get – and you'd be the one seed in the NFC. So if all of those things come true and you win that game, there is no complaints. This is a 10 out of 10 success for the first half of the season. So I think it's an enormous game to win this and go to the bye at, at that pace. Uh Kevin, the Lunar Cowboy, this applies to both teams, says whoever wins this game definitely leaves you sitting pretty. The losing team will definitely have to fight a lot more, especially with the upcoming games. You and I know very well, last year it was so annoying, like, every, you know, because the Cowboys were surviving, getting Dak back, and it just was like, man, the Eagles need to slip up, slip up, slip up, and it just never happened. And then the Cowboys dropped the games in Green Bay and in Jacksonville. And the further you set yourself back, the more difficult it is to make up ground once December comes. And, and that's kind of what they're already having to do, right? Because right. they slipped up against Arizona. We were joking about uh, when Dobbs got traded this week and I saw the Arizona's record. I'm like, oh, they got one win. Who is that against? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so when you slip up in a game like that, you're already behind and you already need to make up. And you don't want the Eagles to go and not only 8-1, and one, but 3-0 and oh in the division already. Mm -hmm. And then you'd be 1-1 one and one in the division. They're going into their bye, feeling good heading into that gauntlet. Instead, they're one, they're have a loss in the division, two losses on the season going into their bye. Then they have to play the Chiefs, the Bills, the Niners, and you again. It is a massive game. And getting a win in the division on the road in Philadelphia 
is even bigger for the confidence boost for the team. I liked what you said, Aiden, about how this like you can make whatever about the rivalry. And I guess that's like partly a factor, although I don't know that anybody on this on these teams like hates one another. But the reality is like whoever plays for the team, whatever, like whether or not they do hate each other, like the reality is they are in the same division. So like wins against one another inherently are significantly more valuable. The wins against the Giants or the Commanders, like for the Cowboys or Eagles, are inherently more valuable because, again, of like tie-breaking procedures and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, I think like we all agree, like if our team were to get this win, it's it's like Nas. It's it's the Nas boost on this ride. But the loss is really devastating. I do think, mm -hmm. I, I think you would agree, KMS, and so I'll ask you, Brandon, I think that a loss is more deflating for the Eagles because I think a loss for the Cowboys kind of puts them back in the mindset they were in a year ago, which you could call it a loser mentality. Like, oh, fine, we'll just kind of chase this wild card and hope Philly slips up. But if Philly loses, like we all said, you lose the game at home to Dallas, and then you have to sit on that for two weeks, and then the buy or the, 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 the buy obviously, but then the gauntlet that includes the road game in Dallas. I do think that the like the feeling of chasing might be just a bit larger for the Eagles because of the extenuating circumstances, and definitely undoes a lot of goodwill in terms of right. Like, okay, the Eagles are seven and two at that point, but then and the Cowboys are what seven six and, and two. Sticks and two, but then Six again, it's really like, you know, because the Cowboys are going to beat the Giants when the Eagles are on their bye in week 10. So then it's like, okay, all of a sudden, there the Cowboys go in first place. And meanwhile, the Eagles have to go through this stretch. And like you said, I think the key point is about the home, you know, away advantage right. in terms of, I mean, I yep. didn't even realize it until you pointed it out on the episode earlier this week that the Cowboys have won 11 straight at home. So just to merely assume that the Eagles can definitely go down to Dallas <laughs> later in the season. I'm not saying they can't win, but like, it's a very tough task when you have a very winnable game at home, at least in comparison. Uh, so you really have to take care of business here. Okay. I would say though, that the, just the, the visual, I can see it in my head of a difference between six and two and five and three. I don't know why, but just five and three, just, I, I mean, you have a chance to be six and two. Y'all talked about like, had the Phillies obviously, you know, won the world series and then the parade, like the Rangers did win the world series. And so obviously there's a lot of people who root for them both. If that, you know, Ride the parade is obviously tomorrow. If that rides into the Cowboys winning at Philadelphia, I mean, November would be an because after this, and we've talked about it, and I know y'all have too, like Cowboys get the Giants at home and then the Panthers on the road before Thanksgiving. Like it would be, you know, an easier month. And obviously December's coming for them, but the, the vibes would be higher than they've probably ever been in the, you know, Mike McCarthy era. Um, I think it's, it's safe to say, but, you know, watch them kind of slip at home to the Giants or lose in Carolina. That'd be, you know, whatever. I need that parade route to just circle AT&T Stadium and just continue to show the championship trophy to Jerry and Steven and say, uh, you're getting your relevance is going up a little bit here, boys. Change something. Um, by the way, KMS, I didn't totally like the the six and two five and three thing like i understand your passion about that that missed me a little bit but uh melissa uh said good point to that so melissa agrees that five and three just kind of looks ugly so um does, you know it does look ugly you, you've got somebody uh with you on that on that trend Thank you, Melissa. I, th I thought that this question um would maybe cause the most dissension which is why i wanted to ask uh when you two were here so okay yeah. i'll start with you your team yours is obviously the dallas cowboys absolutely has the edge at where you can say anything you want I think the receiving core against that secondary right now. Um, I saw a fake report coming out of Philadelphia that the Cowboys wide receivers were laughing at the yeah. secondary of the Eagles and they're at the complex and it's bulletin board. Just shut up. What it is, is 
I think they have a chance to attack the secondary of the Eagles right now, the way that they're playing. And I think they need to attack them with speed, right? I want Turpin on the field. I want CD on the field. I want Pollard in the slot and I want Brandon Cooks. I want MJ, MG on the sideline, Tolbert on the sideline. Just continue to attack them with speed and double moves because I think with that and your confidence in Dak Prescott, Aiden said this may have to be a game where it's old school, sling it around the yard. Stop banging your head against the wall, against that defensive line, sling it and use speed. So that's my confidence. Is this receiving core against that secondary right now? Would you fight against that, Aiden or BLG, that like the Eagles secondary has a chance against the Cowboys receivers this week? Or are you willing to kind of surrender on that point? I think it's the fear of the unknown because we haven't seen the secondary play together much. It's the first time this year that they'll have the same secondary and back-to-back games, which is kind of astounding that we're halfway through the season. So I would agree with the point because of that, like fear of the unknown. Like I really don't know what the secondary is and it's pretty dependent on like uh, a guy they traded for last week, Reed Blankenship taking the next step and an undrafted rookie in Eli Ricks. So yeah, I feel like there's a lot of gray area with that unit. Guy they Brent. traded for has three career interceptions against Dak Prescott. Kevin Byard has like seemingly that. had his number. For what it's okay. worth. <laughs> okay. For what it's worth. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, for what it's worth, I guess we'll all it's say. It's not nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brandon, what are you most confident the Eagles have the edge at? I mean, I could be, you know, silly here and say edge, edge rusher. But uh, I think interior, defensive interior, I feel really good about Jalen Carter. I think the Eagles might. I don't know where he's fully at with his health. He's been on the injury report as full participation, but you know it's a back issue, so that doesn't really make me feel great. But assuming he truly is good to go and play a lot of snaps, I think they might kind of up his snap count this week because this is a really important game, and they've been really going heavy on that defensive tackle rotation, probably to a point where they feel like they can especially manage that against opponents who are not really as high quality some of the ones they've faced so far but with this being such a big game i think they're gonna try to unleash jalen carter a little bit more and he's been a monster this year he has been pretty much unstoppable in very limited playing time and i think he is going to give that cowboys interior a lot of trouble and that's especially key to me in this game because i don't know if the edge rushers are going to have time to win, because I think Dak is going to get the ball out quick. He's been doing that a lot this season. You've seen that with his yards per attempt and the deep shots going down and being more efficient, getting the ball out fast. I think the only way the Eagles can try to counter that is with a good interior rush. I think that's fair. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to like protest against that too much. Um, just all. because, I mean, I, the Cowboys offensive line has been really not dependable this year in, in a lot of different ways. And it's not just the like rotational players. Yeah. It's, you know, it's hard. I mean, they've gotten worked in different ways. And you mentioned, I know you're both talking about like, Oh, this is only the second game in the row where the, you know, the Eagles have had their full out secondary or whatever. The Cowboys have had their fully intended offensive line, you know, start to finish two games this year. And it hasn't really made much of an impact and it hasn't been like a sizable difference. And so I think that's fair. Um, Aiden, same question. I'm going to extend it a little bit. Can I just say the entire defensive line of the Eagles versus the offensive line against the Cowboys? I'm surprised neither of us, BLG or me, went with the Philly offensive line. But I just think in general that unit, uh, one, Jalen Carter being healthy would be awesome. He's been dominant. Hassan Reddick, mm. who uh, it's so crazy. He kept saying, like, I have this cast on. I don't feel like myself. I can't get after the quarterback the way I like. Then he's gotten the cast off. He's had six and a half sacks since. Josh Sweat is putting up better numbers than Micah Parsons this year. So as a unit, 
I think it's going to be really important to take a lot of pressure off of that secondary. You mentioned Dak Prescott kind of getting the ball out quickly. I think they should do that again. And part of this thing with the defensive line, they've been so stout against the run. It's been a struggle to get Tony Pollard going. So you don't figure it would be this week. So that makes it so they're going to be thrown a lot, you know, turn this into a big 12 shootout. So get to the quarterback as quick as you can if they're going to try to get the ball out quick. I think these are all good answers. I thought that we would fight a little bit more, um, but I, I mean, this, everything's kind of agreeable. Everything's kind of chalk. Uh, my answer is the weirdest, so maybe it will incite a little bit more. Um, y'all all had kind of more specific things. Um, where I think the Cowboys absolutely have the edge is in capitalizing on turnover-worthy plays. Um, we know that Jalen Hurts is certainly prone to them. I recognize this is a vague thing, uh, but the Cowboys have had a propensity to do that, not just this year, but basically the entire Dan Quinn era. And so if there is a moment, if there is a tip ball, if there is an opportunity, I fully trust them to find a way to take advantage of that uh, to a degree that it will help the team. And I feel like they're going to have to. They're going to have to, you know, steal some points. They're going to have to flip the field. They're going to have to find ways uh, to put the offense in situations. Because while I do trust Dak Prescott a lot, you know, he can be very good in this game and still, you know, struggle because the Eagles defense is uh, is very, very talented, as we've obviously discussed throughout the course of this evening. So and Aiden mentioned that today on Birds vs. Boys, too, saying you could look through the stat line as an Eagles fan at the end of this game and be like, love Jalen's stats. AJ got his. They got sacks. How the hell did we lose this game? And it was like two turnovers, a blocked punt, a couple stupid things like that that just flipped the game, that the Cowboys take advantage of. Yeah, and I, I think there are some sacks, obviously, but even some incompletions that, that aren't turnovers but have the same effect. Um, and the Cowboys have been very good, obviously, at, at forcing those situations. Um, so I trust them to kind of, you know, hit the notes when they have to um, in that particular capacity. Uh, before we get Kevin and Aiden out of here, we're going to go around the bend with a question from the crowd. Lonely Catman. So maybe we get um, a second cat um, in this particular situation. It says, what are some unexpected storylines no one is talking about? Brandon, you can go first. So I guess have a moment to think. I mean, I need some time to think. Why don't you go first? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say the kicking matchup. Uh, there was a moment in time wow. where both Brandon Aubrey and Jake Elliott had more points by themselves each individually uh, than the New York Giants did as a team. Uh, we talked about AJ Brown, who won NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Not that it's of the same capacity, but Brandon Aubrey won NFC Special Teams Player of the Month. He has literally tied the record for most consecutive field goals made to start an NFL career. If he makes a field goal, if he makes his first field goal, rather, it'll literally break the record. It will literally be his all to himself. And if he misses, then Eagles fans can say forever, like, oh, you had made them all until you, you showed up here. And in a game where points are going to be incredibly valuable, he has been one of the most valuable members of the entire Dallas Cowboys team. He has quite literally been the most yep. consistent and dependable part of the Dallas Cowboys operation. So um, there are, you, you're not going to score touchdowns on every single drive. You're going to have to kick some field goals and you're going to have to trust that that's enough. And so, yeah, I would say the kickers in this game. Boom. Look at that, Brandon. It was that easy. Yeah. I got mine. If, if nobody All right, else. KMS, show Brandon how it's done, please. I'm going to say the tight ends for both. Mm. Um, everybody's talking AJ Brown. I talked about Devontae Smith. CeeDee Lamb's been getting his. Brandon Cooks is starting to heat up. But Dak Prescott and Ferguson have slowly been really putting it together, right? You see their chemistry. He had the touchdown last week, uh, a pass that I feel like was missed four times this season in the end zone, finally connected on it. Um, and Dallas Goddard, I think, arguably could be a top three tight end in this league, but again, is being outshadowed with what A.J. Brown is doing. And I think both of these players could have a huge impact on this game with the attention the defenses are going to be having against the receivers in A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. 
an excellent answer. The Cowboys side of things really just outperforming y'all. Um, Aiden, are you ready? Or does Brandon, do you need more time? I mean, like. Aiden's I've got, got it. Mine. Yeah, I think I've got mine. <laughs> I, I'm worried about, I, I kind of brought this up, so I won't use it, but special teams, I am worried. You know, we don't have the best punting situation. You guys just blocked the punt. We've seen block kicks, everything like that. I think it's a better special teams unit. I'll say unexpected storyline is the production from wide receiver three for the Eagles. Mm. Quez Watkins just seems to like make like a one bonehead play a game. He's turned into a ghost. They put in Alameda Zacchaeus. Didn't really give you anything. Now Julio Jones is here and caught a touchdown last week. So, like, what can we expect from him? How does he boost this offense? Everyone's been talking about A.J. Brown. They're going to try to bracket him. I don't know if that works, but what are you going to get from that third wide receiver if this turns into some crazy shootout? It does seem possible that Julio is just, like, not like a, I don't know, if a dominant game even, but like a dominant stretch. It feels like that could happen conceivably. Maybe it's just like a drive where it's like, oh, my gosh, that, there's like vintage Julio Jones. I don't know if it's in this game, but I think at some point in the season that could happen. I'm going to go. And then his hamstring falls off. Oh, exactly. Life. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to last, but like there would be like a moment before it goes to smithereens. I'm going to go really in the weeds and say, so on the Eagles injury report past two days, Boston Scott has been listed I, as I thought about this too. Okay. You like <laughs> Aiden knows where I'm going. Uh without due to personal reasons. I don't know what that's about. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. I don't know if he's gonna be able to play or not this weekend. If he's not, the Eagles would have to then activate Rashad Penny, who's really not played this year. And what if they actually uh got him involved? And what if they've been saving him for a big game? What if, you know, for uh a Dallas running defense that has been able to be exploited at times this year, certainly by the 49ers. What if they just like busted out Rashad Penny randomly and uh, he had a, a big game on the ground? That would be very funny if he was just a ghost for two months and then shows up against the Cowboys and has like a, a game like he did last year. <laughs> yeah. Imagine pulling out like a, a veteran who'd played forever in the NFL and having them make like a significant play against a team, like a third and 30 conversion or something weird like that. I mean, you know, I don't know. Hmm. That would be really cool if that happened uh, for one of the teams. Crazy. Won that game. <laughs> and did uh, I mean, what did the Eagles do? <laughs> like, they, well, they I mean, made, you know, okay, making the Super Bowl yes, is better they, than they beat the Daniel Jones the Giants NFC and the Christian McCaffrey 49ers. Kudos, the respect. We're all very proud forever. of you, Brandon. Um, I mean, the all right, can't everybody, do that. Uh, everybody needs to head on over and subscribe to the Birds versus Boys podcast. Kevin Messina and Aiden Powers do a great job. They're two of the very, very, very best. Um, we love them. We appreciate them. Thank you both so much for hanging out. This was really fun. We'll have to do it again um, when the Cowboys host the Eagles uh, in a few weeks' time. Please, we're going to have to, uh, and we have to somehow get you up here for a game, RJ. Agree. I don't know. I mean, about that. Like, if if I you mean visit you everywhere know. on You've Earth. to this before. No, but like, if I visit everywhere on Earth and not Philadelphia, like, I'd, I'd be all right. You know what I mean? Like, you it, can it, come, it, you can come stay with me. I live 45 minutes out of the city, beautiful area. I you know it's beautiful. I see all your Instagram posts, Kevin. You live in a wonderful part of the country. Like, I mean, I swear to you, must be picking, you know, apples out of the orchard in your backyard. I mean, geez, it's he gorgeous is. over there. <laughs> So you, you can come play with me and what we can do a live stream from here. We'll all get together up here. That's fair. Um, actually, right before y'all leave, uh, predictions on who wins, please. Um, final well, score and whatnot. Um, and Aiden, you're you forgetting first. the other part of it, too. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Uh, Stats is waiting and, and being patient, so he's awesome. Aiden, yeah. uh, final score, please. I think the Eagles win. I do think it'll be a shootout of sorts. I'll go. I think we need to stop at the end. I'll, I'll go 30-24 Eagles. Uh, I'm going to go 27-24 Cowboys. Ooh. Somehow find a way to hit a field goal at the end to win it. Okay, so Aiden, you have the Eagles winning and covering. 
Um, and um, obviously, Kevin, you have them um, losing outright. Um, you're right, Brandon. I forgot. Aiden, I did tell you, so I hope you told Kevin. Uh, part of the tradition here on the NFC East Mixtape is every episode, Brandon, Rachelle, and I add a song to our recurring NFC East Mixtape playlist. And every time we have a guest, they get to add a song as well. Uh, that means you each get to add a song. It can be any song you want. It doesn't have to be related to the game or the week or the time of year or whatever. Um, Aiden, your song choice for our playlist is what and why? Real quick, I want it to be known. I thought about this long and hard on the way to the gym. I, was I will be, I will be entire... let this known that Aiden did not tell me about this. Yeah, it's a live with a <laughs> screenshot of my conversation with RJ into our Birds vs. Boys group text and told mm. him to look for a song. So that is not you. But on the way to the gym, I was just cycling through all my songs to choose one. Um, and I actually looked up the playlist on Spotify to see what nice. you guys had so far. Great variety nice. on the playlist. It's awesome. <laughs> I'll probably just add the playlist to my Spotify. I will do uh, Think Fast by Dominic Fike. Okay. Okay. Um, by the way, Aiden, if you can uh, text me these after, just so because uh, I'm going to forget. Uh, so if you can text me y'all's uh, submissions, yes. and I'll add them after we're done. Uh, appreciate that. KMS, your song choice and why? Uh, I'm gonna go a okay just because the vibes wow. were so strong with that song. In Philadelphia. Wow, that and feels I, like a since the song uh, and and the song did not take them to the end, mm. and we need Philadelphia to lose again. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of doing a little bit reverse psychology wow. jinx here. I know y'all are actually, all Phillies fans, so I don't mean to like bag on UKMS, but like it's so funny to me that like Philadelphia fans are like, oh, we have a powerful home field advantage because we just all like to sing and be loud, like it's uh, you know. It's okay. They statistically yeah. have like the best winning percentage. They literally had a no baseball. hitter thrown against them at the building last year in the World what, Series. Okay. And yet still they have one of the best home, they, like the best home field in playoff baseball, like statistically. Four losses at that, like ever in the past two years. They lost two games, two games that they could have won each of them to go to All the right. World Series. Well, they enough, lost them both. Enough yeah. feelings. <laughs> so, I'm not going to argue about that. I'll think about that every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> Enough. Um, Aiden, Aiden did say that those two losses were the worst stretch of losses in his Philadelphia sports fandom career. Not the Super Bowl. It was what just happened. It was worse. There's Super um, there are a lot to choose from, Aiden. So um, you know, respect on isolating yeah. those two. Um, thank you all so much uh, for the time. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be sure to add your songs to the playlist. Y'all are the best. Go Cowboys! Thank you guys. Well Appreciate it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Brandon, do you like the song A-OK? -okay? Or uh, was that like uh, an Alec No, Holmes I like thing? it. No, it's okay. um, uh, Bryson Stott. <clears throat>
I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, well, all the Phillies kind of blend together. It's it's like there's like 25 people and then Bryce Harper I, at a certain I'm, point. You know? I didn't mean to say that like you should know better. I'm just saying. I was right, right. No, no, no. I mean, we want to be accurate. Uh, well, if there's anyone who knows better, who knows anything about anything, it is the incomparable, the um, eclectic, um, the ravishing, and the beautiful. The he smells fine. I think we. I don't know that either one of us could verify that, at least based off of our personal friendship with him. Rob Stats Guerrera from the Gold Standard Network. Stats, how the hell are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I was a little worried where you were going with that intro because, like, if you're going to me for musical taste you're you know the 38 year old we learned, we learned that we learned that a few weeks ago stats we we learned that you know like four songs yeah that is true uh my musical tastes are frozen in time i'm definitely like a full-blown dad when it comes to that i don't know what's cool or hip but i am prepared today it's fine uh stats you have gotten a bigger welcome in the crowd than either brandon or i so how does that make you feel like normal good job <laughs> that's appropriate um, I do want to let the crowd know that when we were planning this show, really when I was planning the show, Brandon was kind of just hanging out. Uh, and I said, Hey, let's get stats on. And then I, I told stats, I was really excited. I said, Hey, will you come on the mixtape to kind of close things out? Whatever this night. He was like, well, why? why? Like, <laughs> like why, why would I be here? Um, I still so know why I'm here. You're here to serve as an impartial party. Okay. You heard right now, um, because you got here on time, that Aiden and Kevin each picked the Eagles and Cowboys respectively. And I think you can imagine who Brandon and I are going to pick. So we, we needed like an impartial judge. We needed an arbiter here to kind of, you know, set the, the record straight. We couldn't have a 2-2 tie at the end of this. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, for weeks, RJ, and especially leading up to Niners-Cowboys, heard you say that you feared the 49ers. And I have to say, I know exactly where you're coming from, because right now I fear the Philadelphia Eagles. All they do is win. <laughs> All they do is win. That was your song, by the way, last time. Jalen Hurts is banged up. <laughs> you know, oh, they don't look as good as they did last. They still win the games. All right. Take yep. it from somebody whose team has lost three straight. There is, there is an <laughs> art to winning close games, playing dirty. The Eagles, they know how to do it, man. They look far more battle-tested than my 49ers right now. I'll say that. Just like the Jimmy G 49ers. Just win, right? <laughs> just to win. Just find a way to anyway, win. No, there, I'm just kidding. So there a very quickly, uh, along that note, uh, Caleb asked in the chat if you ever jumped in the lake stats. Uh, can you please explain what that was and then answer it? Uh, because this was a you and Brandon thing yeah. uh, from, the, yeah. from the original um, oddcast. Uh, yeah. May it rest in peace. Um, <laughs> this was something that y'all had that you didn't, you never did fulfill. So what it was, was if Jimmy Garoppolo took a snap for the 49ers in 2022, I would jump yeah. in the lake and that, you know, <laughs> included kneel downs, whatever the case may be. And of course we all know mm -hmm. Trey Lance got hurt in week two, Jimmy Garoppolo took over. He did take a snap. Now during that season, because he's a very magnanimous, handsome, wise man, Brandon said, if the Eagles make the Super Bowl, he would let me off the hook. And also, I got laid off. So I think I said, yeah, I think I said if they won the Super Bowl. But yes, we can. Obviously, yeah, we it, it has been rectified in my mind of with what everything has happened. Um, 
Yeah. It's also worth mentioning that Stats lives in an incredibly cold climate. I don't want to dox you Stats and say where, right. um, but um, you know, like a lake for you around. Football well, yeah, season it was never is, about. It's like, not safe. You know, it was what never mean? about making Stats unsafe. To be clear, though, or like tortured. That was never the. It was like you know for fun. It wasn't about like you have to be punished right. and you have to suffer. No, it was just about like you have to do something silly. Um, stats. Uh, Mello says can't ignore stats. This is a good take about the Eagles. All they do is win. Kevin says the Eagles do win the games, except when they play Dak. Dak Prescott is seven and three against the Eagles. How much do you put into that? Again, you're kind of our independent person here, stats to filter all this stuff. Well, I'm not as you know up on the nitty gritty, but I know that there were some situations with Dak where there were some backups and maybe things you know you weren't getting like peak Cowboys against peak Eagles. You know, mm -hmm. that is a thing, but I look more at how these teams are playing right now, and I just feel like Philly is ready for whatever Dallas throws at him. If it's a game, Dallas could come out. Maybe they get a like a pick six early, which I feel like, my God, this defense gets every single week. Like, nobody scores as much as the Cowboys defense. But, like, you're not going to rattle the Eagles. You're just not. Whatever happens in the game, like, they're just going to keep coming at you. It's like Rocky when he's fighting Drago. Drago goes in the corner and he says, it's like fighting a piece of iron. I feel like that's what Philly is right now. Um, it's funny you use Drago as a reference given the Philly, you know, part of this. Uh, but uh, by the way, uh, the Lunar Cowboy stat says that you hate the Cowboys more than the Eagles. Can you verify that? Yeah. I don't really have that much animosity to the Eagles. I hate the Cowboys. and I always <laughs> Well, there's a more of a yeah, history there. Yeah. Obviously, well, that's the Eagles' fault, not the Cowboys' fault. I mean, you know, what I mean, like be a part of I'm historical not. games. You know, that's all I'm saying. I can't, um, I can't change that. I agree with you, stats. Something I've been telling Brandon for weeks is I wanted to see the Eagles put in like a 14 to nothing hole just to kind of see how they would respond. Like, obviously, I, I wanted to see it, but I also like from a you know experimental standpoint wanted to see like you know what do they do? Like you you have used the word front runners to describe the 49ers um, on your shows at the Gold Standard Network, which. I'm never going to say about the Niners because they are the Cowboys' daddies. Uh, but uh, the Eagles are not because they fell down 14-3 to last week against the Commanders. And I was live-tweeting that score, obviously, as the Cowboys were beating the Rams and thinking, like, this is it. They're going to slip. They're going to slip. And then, crap, they just don't. Like, they find a way to get whatever they need at whatever moment in time. I do think that that's a fair hallmark of theirs, Brandon. I think the Eagles have been put in a bad spot by themselves in terms of the expectations. You know, they were so good last year that – like anything they do this year when they do something good, it's like, yeah, that was that's what they were supposed to do. So you don't get like credit for it. It's just, yeah, that's what we wanted you to do. So when you win, it's like, okay, nice, fine. But if you lose, if you don't, then it's like a disaster, like when they lost to the Jets. So they're kind of in a tough spot in that way. Um, I think this is largely the same team that they were last year. I'm not saying identically. They obviously lost some key players. They've regressed in some key areas. You're seeing that with the turnover differential. I think they're like negative three on the season right now. But think about that. Think about how they're negative three right now, and they're the only the only one lost team in the NFL. Like they haven't even played their A game yet, which is encouraging from a standpoint. If okay, maybe there is another gear to hit here, and we're about to see it. They they better they have to because of this gauntlet coming up, or it's that maybe they can't hit that gear because it's not really there, and that's not the team they are. That's what we're about to kind of find out with this stretch coming up. Um, but that possibility I think does exist that. They haven't played their A game yet, in part because they haven't really like needed to. And if they do, watch out.
I agree with that. They have a negative turnover differential. Jalen Hurts has a million turnovers himself. Like they're playing in some respects poor football, but they have the best record in the NFL. Like it's so frustrating and maddening and dumb, and I don't like it. Uh, stats, we have gone through four kind of main bullet points of discussion here tonight. We have one more left, uh, but we need you once again to kind of serve as uh, the arbiter of it all. So the question or the frame is the potential impact player we are not talking about for this game is, uh, and stats, you can let us know if this person does or does not qualify. Like you're somebody who can say like, oh, that is an, you know, that person, you know, you can't use that person, whatever. Just crap all well, over someone's answer. <laughs> well, that's what stats is here to do. He's here to crap. So, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> get ready, nice. stats. Uh, stats, who would you like to go first? This is your floor. Uh, BLG, you go first. Hmm. Well, I mean, as of today, we are finding out that Cam Jurgens might not start at right guard, as was originally expected. He's eligible to be activated from injured reserve. So the Eagles quite conceivably could be starting not Suba Opeta, who has been filling in for Cam Jurgens as the Eagles starting right guard and has played poorly, but rookie Tyler Steen, who was a healthy scratch, uh, a third round pick, number 65 overall in the draft, um, was a, again a healthy scratch until Jurgens got hurt and was placed on IR. So he went from really not even being trusted at all. He was like the ninth or 10th offensive lineman on the team to starting in the lineup. He, he did look pretty good in a very, very small sample size against the commanders last week. It was six snaps, but uh, there's potential there. There's also potential for things to go wrong because that's really intimidating. Uh, the fact that he's going to be making potentially, we don't know for sure, his first NFL start against the Cowboys. So the fact that just just came up today, uh, I think we're not talking about that. And I think that's a huge deal because if the Eagles win this game, it's going to be, be because why they win a lot of their games. And that's because they control the line of scrimmage and they can't have their rookie being a weak point. And potentially, just maybe, if Tyler Steen is as good as they hope, they can kind of get their run game going, which has not been going with Sua Opeta struggling. Well, stats, is that, is that a satisfactory answer? You know, because of my years of NFL debate experience and my credentials and my, you know, <laughs> esteemed judginess, I will allow this because, number one, no one is talking about Tyler Steen, so it definitely fills up. <laughs> That's true. It's factually true. And impact isn't necessarily good it could be bad so he might be right. you know a, a turnstile there at right guard that allows the cowboys into the backfield every play so i think it absolutely fits the requirements yeah i was gonna say before um i, I let you answer Brandon, but i talk a lot so i cut myself off um was you could go anywhere you wanted and you could have picked a cowboy i think like somebody who you're worried about which you mm -hmm. kind of effectively did um, not that you named anybody specifically i'm gonna go with an optimistic spin if you'll allow me stats uh, Marquis Bell, the Cowboys have had Leighton Van Der Esch okay. on injured reserve uh, for two games now. What? Like, he's literally one of the highest. Why are we scoffing? He's, he's literally. No, I know. Right. No one's talking about this. I didn't scoff at your no one's talking about thing. That's the whole the whole purpose yeah, of this exercise is to introduce like you know interesting storylines that people need to hear because no well, one's I talking just think about. It's funny because you're right. No one is talking about this. So you're laughing and you think it's hilarious that I'm answering no, the question? No, you're, you're right. You hit it on the head. You think four is a hilarious answer to two plus two? Like, what is the, you know, the beef here? Um, anyway, uh, as I was saying, the Cowboys have had Leighton Van Der Esch on injured reserve for the last two games. And that was a really troubling thing because when Leighton Van Der Esch missed time at the end of last season, last regular season, they got ran all over. I mean, they could not handle anything. Everybody thinks that Micah Parsons, I mean, obviously, is the most important defender on the Cowboys. But as it relates to their ability to defend the run, not that they're even, like, really good at it, but, like, 
what what helps them not be even worse has been Leighton Vanderish over the last, you know, kind of the Dan Quinn era. And Marquise Bell has filled in admirably for him. I mean, the Cowboys only had two traditional linebackers on their 53-man roster, and Marquise Bell is a converted safety. And, and he has become, you know, a linebacker in Dan Quinn's mold. We've seen Dan Quinn kind of do this with lots of players. He tried with Keanu Neal. He's done it with J. Ron Curse. Marquise Bell is now him and that person. Marquise Bell, I think, is... I think a, a low key factor in in terms of clogging up the middle. We know the Eagles love to run the ball. I'm not saying he's absolutely going to stop that, but I do think he will inhibit it to a degree more than a lot of other players have been capable of that are playing for the Cowboys with regards to their matchups against the Eagles. I feel like BLG's pick had a little more juice because he's on the offensive line, and that is so clearly central to what Philly does. A linebacker, yes, impactful. But if I had to pick a winner in this debate, I thought you gave a good answer, RJ, but I got to go with BLG. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. Had to be done. I regret saying that you smelled nice because um, I don't even know if that's true. It was just an you assumption that I gave you the benefit of the doubt. Nice. Yeah. I'm actually I mean, mad at Brandon. So, wow. Yeah. Thanks for Javon Hargrave. That guy. <laughs> hey, uh, my, what do you mean? What does he do good? I'm still waiting for it. He rushes the passer. I think the proper grammatical word would have been, what does he do? What well? does he do at all? How about that? <laughs> We're paying that guy a fortune and I don't even know what number he wears. That's how little he's on camera. Really? I didn't really. I haven't been paying attention to him specifically. He has not been producing. Huh? He's got like two sacks, but like. Honestly, there are entire stretches of the game where you don't even know that he's out there on the field. So I'm mad at you for mm. that. I want to it's know, not my fault. is Chase Young, how does Chase Young look? Because you played him <laughs> twice. Yeah. We, I think. Are you giving me another pile of rocks here? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we should address that because we didn't talk about that on the Tuesday episode. It happened naturally, as every move does somehow, <laughs> right after we record the NFC East mixtape. And, uh, I said on the podcast, I believe you'll back me up on this, RJ, that I was like, they don't need to just trade Chase Young to trade him, especially after trading Sweat. If you want to trade one of those two guys because you think you can only re-sign one of them, sure, yeah. Especially Sweat, I think, was the one who made sense to let go of um, it, in terms of just banking on potential upside moving forward. Now, you know, Chase Young has the injury history and everything there, too. I don't. The commanders might have a better sense of that than I do. I would hope so. There's also the fact that um, maybe they had a inclination that he wasn't going to resign there because they didn't pick up his option and maybe he's like f you i'm not going to resign here but this is the weird so thing what? sorry not to cut you off no, no no the 49ers are getting a lot of praise because they're trading a third round comp pick to get chase young and if chase young yep. leaves the 49ers they get a comp pick for him so why well why wouldn't washington just let him leave and take the comp pick themselves well because that's that's not guaranteed. The comp pick thing is there's a lot of yeah. factors that go into that. Obviously, like it means basically if you're getting a comp pick, you're punting on free agency to some extent. I don't think the commanders want to do that where with where they're at potentially with new ownership, they might want to be spending. I also think that this idea that they, the 49ers can easily just get a third round pick contemporary pick for Chase Young is a little bit too much. Like third round picks a high level. That's basically like the contract that, Javon Hargrave got or like a quarterback contract like do you think Chase Young's really getting that kind of contract even coming off this year like I don't know about that okay so I, I think that that's is a um, overblown I have to side with BLG on this doesn't that bother you like doesn't that hurt your feelings like to hear those words not if it's accurate and fair and objective. <laughs> 
Um, by the way, stats, I feel like by your own metrics, um, this is a good deal uh, for the Niners. So I don't know why you're complaining. In fact, I saw uh, yes. a clip that you shared from the Gold Standard Network that you have three principles that you abide by in your life when it comes to buying something. Number one, do you really, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong in terms of paraphrasing this, do you want let this? Let him say it. Well, uh, fine. I I wanted to prove to him that I saw his clip. But Stats, what are your three principles? Three questions. Something? If you can answer yes to two out of the three questions, you will never regret the purchase. Number one, do you love it? Number two, do you need it? Number three, is it a good deal? If you can answer two of the three, if you love it and you need it, who cares if it's a good deal, right? If you need it and it's a good deal, you don't have to love it. And if you that was what this fell into the, for you, because you said you didn't love the Chase Young deal, but you the, the Niners needed it and it was a good. deal. Yes, uh, because he does have yeah. some, there's an article that he maybe he freelances a little too much. And, you know, the, obviously the injury thing and he was available for a reason. So that is, you know, right. I don't love it, but you definitely need yeah. him. And you're basically giving up a third round comp pick and you're paying him a half a million dollars this year. It's absolutely mm -hmm. worth it for the 49ers. Stats, you have filibustered enough in the name of the Dallas Cowboys daddies, the San Francisco 49ers. But if anybody does want to hear your work on the Niners, they can follow and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network. Uh, we'll allow you a moment to plug away um, in a second. But before you do, uh, please give us a prediction because, Brandon, I don't want to assume or speak for you, uh, but I imagine you're taking the Eagles. Are you? I thought you said well, Brandon. I thought. Yeah, I was letting Brandon say yeah. this. I, I'm setting up your prediction stats. That BLG, I want to hear stats as prediction. Oh, okay. Was, you don't want to assume no, anything. No, stats has to be I'm the tiebreaker. Stats, look how he wants to steal your thunder. Like, this was supposed to be your, you know, I was setting you up to be the decisive, you know, vote. And Brandon wants to you want me to, to give my prediction now? Yes. I will. So, Kevin I picked you were the Cowboys. Stats. Kevin picked the Cowboys. We have to give our picks in order to set stats up. How obvious is this? Kevin took the Cowboys. Aiden took the Eagles. I'll say right now, Brandon and I are going to do TGI football on Friday. The Cowboys yeah. are my lock of the week. They're three-point underdogs. Wow. I'm taking the Cowboys. They're my lock of the week. I'm getting points. I'm confident in them, obviously. How are you doing in your locks of the week, by the way? Does that really matter here? Like, I Yeah, mean, it does. <laughs> uh, I'm taking the Cowboys. Tell, me, tell everyone. You have the worst lock I, of the week record out of everyone. There are three of us. I mean, it's not like I'm last out of yeah, like 65 people. It's also 500. Anyway, uh, I'm taking the Cowboys there. My lock of the week at plus three. Uh, I'm obviously taking the Cowboys to win outright. So those are my thoughts. Those are my opinions. Brandon, what is your prediction so that stats can have the spotlight on him? Okay. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I've gone back and forth on this. I think it's a coin flip game, which is represented by the spread. It's a three-point spread. Has not moved as far as I've seen uh, when I looked at our good friend, friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook this week. I've gone back and forth. I think about the C.D. Lamb on I don't know who in the slot for the Eagles a lot. That's a big issue. I think about how um, Josh Wett could potentially be going up against Asim Richards if Tyron Smith awesome. can't play. His, his name is pronounced awesome. Just oh, so awesome. You. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't know that. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, a third string, in any case, a third string left tackle, potentially. You know, we'll see how it goes with Tyron Smith. Uh, I think the I, it's hard to overlook the fact that Jalen Hurts, as Stats pointed out, just wins 23-3 and three in the last 26 games he started. He, so lost, like, he lost when he started against Dak Prescott's Cowboys, but that's insignificant. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. And again, also a very different team than they were back then because they were starting. Right. But it doesn't fit the narrative, so we're leaving it out because we want to. Jalen right. Rager okay. over A.J. Brown at this point, um, which is a huge upgrade. I think... I have to go with the Eagles. 
and I don't want to just do it because uh, like I feel like I have to, you know, because what am I going to do? Not pick the Eagles. So I have really thought about it long and hard, but I think at the end of the day, uh, Jalen Hurts just played his best game of the season last week and one of the best games of his career. And I think that the Cowboys, when they've been good this year, they've been really good. But when they have not been good, they have been very bad. So I think it's possible that the Eagles could punch the Cowboys in the mouth and they can't handle it. To be clear, the Cowboys have been very bad, a grand total of twice, once of which was against perhaps the best team in the NFL, even though they're not playing that way right now. Stats, a team that has uh, lost three games in a row since then. So you, the Niners are trash now, stats, according to Brandon. <laughs> Remember the deference that I showed you as opposed to BLG when you make your prediction. But we do need a decisive vote. Uh, everything's tied two to two. This is tribal council. Jeff Probst, he needs you to just say it out loud. You're not even going to go write it and put in the lectern stats. And you also, the lectern, who the, you say will actually win the game. Wow. So this is a lot of power. Well, then I would, I mean, if I want to throw it, I would pick the Cowboys just because I need the Eagles yeah, no, to lose kidding. a freaking game. Sure, um, of course. I think that the Eagles have more paths to victory than the Cowboys. I think for the Cowboys to win this game, you're going to need at least one defensive score. You're going to need your defense to play out of this world. And yes, the Cowboys looked very good last week, but there were some plays that kind of like that game snowballed on the Rams very, very quickly with the block punt and the safety and then the big kick return. The Cowboys got another touchdown. I don't know if Dallas is necessarily that good, but I feel like, if they're going to win, they're going to need a defensive score. So I'm going to go with Philly in this one, unfortunately. Although I do think the Cowboys should be a little desperate in this game. Because if Philly wins, forget the NFC East. Like, it is a wrap if Philly wins. Wow. Because then the Eagles would be 8-1. and one, The Cowboys would be 5-3. and three, And Philly would have at least mm -hmm. one game on them. So I think, like, the Cowboys should have a mode of desperation here that maybe Philly doesn't have. So that might help. But mm -hmm. I, I got to go Philly. I'm sorry, RJ. I really don't care stats. Your opinion has never meant anything to me about anything in life. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Three three rules about buying something. I already forgot what right. it was. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, this is, you know, this is, you know whatever. Uh, no, I mean, stats. Look, the Eagles are a great team. Like, it's obviously understandable to believe in them. And, I mean, but I, I do think this is the tightest game that the Cowboys and the Eagles will have played against one another in quite some time. Obviously, um, they each had a backup quarterback in one game last year. Uh, the second meeting in 2021. Uh, was the infamous week 18 they were both locked mm -hmm. into their respective playoff positions and so um it is it should be fun it should be epic um and there's obviously a lot on the line for both teams because stats as we mentioned before you got here uh the flip side of things if dallas wins philly has you you're sitting on three losses in a row during the niners bye week and it stinks i would imagine um if the eagles have to sit on a loss during their bye week to come out of it just to head to kansas city and have all the chiefs fans you know wave their Super Bowl winning flags and jerseys and patches and everything in front of their faces and then play the Niners and the Bills and the Cowboys again, like it could snowball on them, you know, just as much. So yes, yeah. tell both sides of the story, at least. Stats. That is Jeez. fair. You know what? That is totally legitimate. Um, but I, I don't know. This They have so much freaking talent. They're so good. And I'm so sick and tired of people saying, well, Brandon Ayu can't do this because they just double team him and he can't catch a pass in the second half. There was nothing the 49ers could have done. AJ Brown has 125 yards in six straight games. You don't think he's getting double teamed? So I'm sorry. I got there's a lot of weird frustrations that are just boiling right <laughs> below the surface for me.
Um, well, if people do want to hear them on a regular basis, they can follow and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network Stats. Please give us all the plugs, all the socials, everything, uh, so that everyone can find your work. You obviously are an incredible NFL mind. I've said it before. You're the best host of anything. I use the word lectern. Put stats behind a lectern, wherever it is, and he will kick ass. He is the best person I know to host anything about football, politics, um, you know, food, wine, um, desserts, hors d'oeuvres, stats. Uh, please let us know where everybody can find oh, you. Thank you for that, RJ. I appreciate it. Uh, we're the Gold Standard 49ers Podcast Network. You can search for us on YouTube, Gold Standard Network. We pop right up. Uh, we, we do a five-minute show in the morning. That's just five minutes on the news of the day, get you caught up on everything you need to know. We stream live every single weekday. You'll find long-form shows there as well. I'm on all the socials, at Stats on Fire, and you can find the network, uh, GSN49ers is where you can find our network. Please like and subscribe. Tell one friend, and uh, thank you guys very much. Uh, stats Mello says that we need more live shows and we need more stats. Uh, before we get done with stats, you know the drill. You've done this before, Stats. Uh, you have to pick a song for us to add to the NFC East mixtape playlist. Last time, bit of a fail. All right, I'm just going to be straight up with you. And Brandon didn't you prep you for this. About? Uh, so stats was just like, uh, well, the Niners are winning games. So I'm going to go with all I do is win by DJ. That was, a good, that was a good pivot. It was short notice. I mean, cool, I guess, but we gave you a heads up yes. stats. So I, I hope you can prepare. Well, the only thing I didn't do, I didn't look at what's already on the playlist. So I apologize if this is already on there. And again, I also apologize for being a 38 year old suburban dad. So my musical <laughs> tastes are a little rough. But Bruce Springsteen. No. I'm not a boss. I'm not a Springsteen guy. Uh, I'll go. Can I go Little Boo Thing by Paul Russell? Wow. <laughs> yeah. What's wonderful stats? What a great. What's wrong with that? That's a good pick. song. No, I'm. I'm saying it's it's a good. He likes uh, it. It's it's a great pick. I mean, I'm fine with that. Why did you laugh? You laughed. I felt like there was some derision. It, it's just funny. I've I've heard you say a lot of words in our friendship. I've never heard you say Little Boo Thing. Little Boo Thing. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> like um, the whiteness is very apparent i apologize actually stats I, I know that i said this would be the last thing but i have to get this in here um the lunar cowboy notes that because stats and brandon you have each picked the eagles oh, and God. i have picked the cowboys oh, no. that i am in the ice box i don't i don't have the the oh, ice I was effect say, or, thankfully the, not the effect, but i am in the proverbial ice box uh which is a throwback to the original look ahead um you know hey grizz agrees with y'all says i hate that audio no. so um, yeah, you guys, you, you guys are just haters. The actually, the origin of that and Brandon forgot this was it's too uh, long. That it was it's burr like B R R like when you're cold and B for Brandon, R for Rob, and R for RJ. It it, it unites us, and y'all hate it. All right, let's that. have his life back. That was the weirdest thing ever. I'm just gonna... enjoy your icebox, Dad. I will. Thanks for coming we on. Love thing. you guys. Thank you. Later. Love you too, pal. All right, Brandon. The votes have been cast. Um, time to snuff a torch and get out of here um, appropriately after the best episode of Survivor in quite some time on Wednesday mm. this week. Yeah, um, no spoilers, but very good episode. Right, right. Any final thoughts before we offer our songs and get out of here? Well, we should probably make our bet. Uh, maybe you'll do that in TGI football. Let's talk about that and come up with that for so that way it kind of gives people more of a reason, you know, to really we're stringing you along here it's like not only do you have to watch the regular <laughs> nfc's mixtape episode not only do you have to watch the live episode but then you also have to check out tgi football as well how about this in case anybody doesn't know uh brandon and i also co-host a show on the sb nation nfl show feed where we used to co-host a show with stats and that's how we met him and, and know him yeah not, everybody might not know that but um and so um we'll be recording that on friday with steven serta and 
we'll be recording at 10 a.m central right on friday um yes, so between between now and then um if anybody wants to tweet at us or tag us on instagram whatever at brandon gotten at rj ochoa suggestions on wagers that brandon and i can make with one another on this game uh Two years ago, Brandon changed his profile picture on Twitter to the Blog of the Boys logo. Um, and then he changed it to Jeremy Pena after the Astros beat the Phillies in the World Series as well. Yeah, no uh, one so, actually cared about that one. I know. But it was funny for me. That was me getting off easy, honestly. Yeah. A lot of people, I don't think, understood what it was. They were like, what? Right. Um, the, yeah, the Blog of the Boys was a lot funnier. I do, but in last year, we didn't make a bet because there were backup quarterbacks and I don't recall making a bet for the first one. You had to wear uh, beat Dallas. Oh, uh, that's right. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I made a the second one. Yeah. I don't think we did for the second one. We didn't because you didn't want to because well, it was, the Hurts thing was fresh and it was awkward and well, also know, like Eagles didn't. It, the game didn't matter. Like because again, like, it told matter. They were playing for the one seed and they lost. It didn't matter as about much. Didn't matter. Yeah, but I mean oh they still gosh, lost. The and they still won the one seed. Anyway, uh, if anybody has an idea on what Brandon and I should do. Uh, at RJ Ochoa on Twitter or Instagram, at RJ, or at Brandon Gatton on Twitter or Instagram. Let us know your ideas. Uh, we will talk about it on TGI Football. Ooh, I like this one from Grizz. Winner gets a secret tweet on the other's account. Those are always good. That's been a, a something we do uh, across the SB Nation expert picks, and I paid for that uh, very dearly last year when I lost to Fooch. Uh, that was not fun. Uh, so let us know your suggestions. Uh, are you ready for songs, Brandon? Now that Brian we've cast Massey it, asked by the way if we text during the game, and no, um, we don't because we're both working. <laughs> Honestly, like the, it's not even. Yeah, no, it's, um, I can't. I don't text like anyone. I mean, maybe like I'll respond to a text or so, but like I'm I'm working during the game. Yeah, really I I agree with that. People. Um, it's 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 a hectic day usually. It's not fun. Um, like we're not probably we're probably like it's funny because like we do this because we like it a lot to watch the games a lot, but we're also probably some of the least fun people to probably watch the game with because of yeah you're working. Um, that's a good kind of peeling back of the curtain. Um, and we both, like, I imagine you have your kind of, like, operation and, like, your rhythm. You know what I mean? Like, you, you kind of have, like, you know, you have to do this and that and this yeah, and that, whatever. my staff, too. Right, exactly. And so um, we have, you know, there's a lot of communication that's happening. But obviously, right. um, like, casual, like, oh, man. No. Did you see that pick that Jerron Bland hit on Jalen Hurts? You, your team sucks. Like, that's not happening. Yeah. Um, that's what the NFC's mixtape is for. Right. Um, that's the other so, thing. You have to save it for the show. Right. Um, okay. So Rachel, um, again, always on time, uh, submitted her song for the second episode this week. She went with Nuck If You Buck by Crime Mob. Um, and she specifically said, I felt it was fitting for Eagles Cowboys. So a great selection by Rachel. Good selection. Are you, are you ready to go? Or do you? So I suggested this on the first episode this week, um, us doing live covers or not covers, but like live editions of songs um, mm -hmm. because we were doing this live and I forgot to tell everybody that. <laughs> so um, my bad, uh, but that would have made it, it really hard. You know, yeah, it narrows it down too much. I think you can do that if you want to, but I'm going to do that. You're narrowing it down too much if, if you're making everyone do that. I'm going to do that. Um, I'm going to go with a Billy Joel classic. And it is from the album that he recorded live at, I don't know if it was recorded, but performed live at Shea Stadium, uh, Miami 2017 by, Will, by Sir William Joel. That is the song that I am going with, the live version of that. Um, everybody, if you want to hear it, you can check out the NSC's mixtape playlist on Apple Music or Spotify. Rated. Not familiar with that song off the top of my head. Maybe I've heard it. I've seen the lights go out on Broadway. That's how it starts, and it's wonderful. I'm going to go with probably a song we've, I think definitely a song we've talked about before. Now you got to get pumped up. This is a big game. So 
you gotta have a pump up song. And what better to listen to than a song you may be familiar with from your basketball, high school basketball teams, pregame workouts. Is this Till I Collapse by Eminem? Till I Collapse by Eminem. Yes! (laughs) That is the high school basketball team, like, opening opening warm-up, you know, doing layups, like everybody bouncing it off the glass to each other. Uh, What a great, uh, great selection. It's my favorite selection you've ever had. Boom. Um, Wow. Uh, by the way, Grizz said nice twang on that voice, RJ, about my Billy Joel impression. So uh, good for me. All right, um, everybody, this show will be accessible on both the Blog on the Boys podcast and Bleeding Green Nation podcast networks, as well as both YouTube channels. Obviously, we're streaming it live on the Blog on the Boys uh, YouTube and Twitch channel. Uh, Brandon, will do another live show, obviously, uh, whenever the Cowboys and Eagles face off again next. And whenever people demand it, everybody should tweet at Kiss Change's handle. What is it now? I think it's the Michael Kiss. I don't know. I think he changed it to the Michael Kist. So if he didn't, I mean, he's I'm sorry like to only Michael Kist on Twitter, right? I'm sorry to whoever holds this handle if it's not him, but everybody needs to tweet at the Michael Kist and say, we want more live NFC's mixtapes. Tell him he is the audio boss. And so if you annoy yeah, him, he will Michael make it Kist. happen. Yeah, at the Michael Kist. Everybody tweeted him, say, we want more live NFC's mixtapes. Tell him, command him, yell at him, scream at him, annoy him, pester him uh, until he makes it happen. So He had to distance himself from the NFL because he's, you know, his F1 coverage. You know, he can't, he can't be right. back to NFL if he's like the F1 guy now. If you think that he's distancing himself from the NFL for F1 on Twitter, wait till you check out his TikTok page. That I've is heard. All I, have not, I don't even want to do that. But thanks to everyone uh, in the comments, by the way, who show and love down there. Thanks to my parents for tuning in. Let's see here. Uh, um that's uh lonely catman says thanks guys great show mr gowden says great show grizz says thanks guys love the blg rg dynamic just give these guys a raise and a live show again tweet 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 it kissed uh we have to do the live show have to tal on j13 says thanks for the show you two great friend thanks guys entertaining show matthew says thanks for the show i'm not going to say the last part Conan says, thanks, guys. Enjoy the game. Brian says, thank you. Yeah, I think we're rooting for a great game. And obviously, you know, for our teams. But we like want to see Rob something Lowe, fun. We, wanted, this, we just want to see, see a good game. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. The NFL uh, hat on. Like, we're not, we don't even care who wins. Just want to see a good game. Well, no, get the NFC East hat on. That's what this there is. This go. is truly the NFC is East. Real, I mean, does the NFC East actually have, like, a real logo? It's the one for the podcast. Like, what are you talking about? Does it have one? It's absolutely sure. for real um all right brandon let's leave as you um give us the introductory melody till till i collapse in your uh baritone voice uh i no you can do it come on no i I can't do it okay let's go here no i can't do it (laughs) um okay instead of that uh tell us your favorite kind of ice cream mint chocolate chip green has to be green if it's not green it's not right <laughs>